Good morning. It's Wednesday, April 26th. I'm Shamita Basu. This is Apple News Today. On today's show, new questions about ethics for justices on the Supreme Court, major health and environmental concerns after the explosion of Elon Musk's rocket, and a jury considers whether Ed Sheeran ripped off a Marvin Gaye song. But first, Anyone who's watched a loved one live with Alzheimer's knows how devastating the disease can be. Over time, it destroys memories and thinking skills. Routine tasks become difficult even with help. Julie Steenheisen, who covers science and health for Reuters, told us the story of a woman named Wendy Nelson. She watched her mother slowly die of Alzheimer's over the years. It was a really grueling experience for Wendy, in part because in the end, um, her mom lost the ability to swallow and ended up not being able to breathe. And it was just a very hard thing for her to watch. Wendy wanted to know whether this might be her own future. So she ordered genetic testing for her and her three adult daughters. I think Wendy's motivation really was to sort of take this test and find out what her risk would be for Alzheimer's because she'd seen her mom passed in such a horrible way, and she was looking for a little bit of relief. Instead, Wendy says it totally backfired. She learned that she has two copies of the APOE4 gene variant. That means her risk of developing the disease is up to 12 times higher than people with the more common version of that gene variant. Testing showed that her daughters were at lower risk than her, but still considered high risk. It's a difficult thing to learn about yourself and your family. Until recently, ordering genetic testing for Alzheimer's risk like this wasn't very common. There hasn't been any effective treatment that could actually slow or delay the course of the disease. And the thought was, why worry people? I mean, if you're going to develop Alzheimer's, you're going to get it anyway, and there's nothing we can do about it. But that's changing. Alzheimer's drugs are evolving, like Lakembi, which just went on the market this year. And the prospect of new treatment has more people wanting to know their risk. Data shows demand for genetic testing doubling from a year ago. But as Reuters points out, there aren't enough support services available to deal with the results. Patients and their caregivers are dealing with a shortage of counselors to help them navigate the medical, mental, financial, and legal consequences of the disease. Now that Wendy has her genetic data... She's hopeful that could help her access experimental new treatment through trials. Steenheisen says that the test results are also making Wendy think differently about the time she has left. I mean, she knows that there may be a clock on how long she has to enjoy her life. So she's making sure to do whatever she can to enjoy it now. And that includes doing all the trips on her bucket list. Uh, She's quite an adventurer, and she did Machu Picchu last fall. She, in February, climbed Mount Kilimanjaro. She's got many other trips planned. Along with the Reuters coverage, another recent story about Alzheimer's struck us. The Washington Post spoke to early-stage patients who are making big lifestyle changes. Studies show that exercise, painting, writing, walks, and diet changes may help slow the disease down. You can read both of those stories on the Apple News app. Let's take a brief look now at some big stories we're watching in the news. 
The suspected mastermind of the suicide bombing at Kabul's airport as American forces were pulling out of Afghanistan is dead. U.S. intelligence says it now believes that the leader of ISIS in Afghanistan was recently killed by the Taliban. The 2021 blast killed close to 200 people, mostly Afghans, along with 13 American troops. Darren Hoover's son was one of the American Marines killed in the attack. CBS asked him if he wished U.S. forces had killed the militant leader instead of the Taliban. I don't care who it was that killed him. It's one less terrorist that we have to worry about. Moving now to Washington, where there are new developments around ethics at the Supreme Court. Chief Justice John Roberts is telling the Senate Judiciary Committee that he won't testify at a hearing on ethics. He cites the separation of powers between the judiciary and legislative branches. Unlike the rest of the federal judiciary, the Supreme Court does not have a formal code of ethics for members. This has been a topic of interest lately following revelations about expensive gifts from a GOP donor to Clarence Thomas and a land deal Neil Gorsuch made with the head of a law firm. Staying in D.C., we are getting closer to a showdown over the debt ceiling. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy says he wants a vote this week on a GOP measure to cut spending and raise the debt ceiling. The White House says it's dead on arrival. And it's not clear that McCarthy can even get enough votes from his own party. Several hardline Republicans want further cuts to spending and tougher work requirements for people getting federal assistance. If there is no deal, the government could theoretically default on its debt as soon as June. Though we have seen this movie before, and a deal has always gotten done to prevent a default. And finally, you often hear families of gun violence victims talk about a lack of progress in changing our gun laws. But this week, there's a different kind of story. Washington State Governor Jay Inslee just signed into law a ban on most sales of assault-style weapons. No one needs an AR-15 to protect your family. You only need it to kill other families. Washington is now the 10th state with these kinds of restrictions in place. SpaceX launched the largest rocket ever made from Texas last week. No passengers were on board, and that's a good thing because minutes later, the rocket exploded over the Gulf of Mexico. Listen to the reaction. You may not expect a round of applause after the thing blew up, but for SpaceX and CEO Elon Musk, this test flight was a success. That's because it completed several objectives that moved the company closer to taking astronauts to the moon or to Mars. Just blasting off successfully was one of them. Or as one commentator put it during the live stream of the launch, Everything after clearing the tower was icing on the cake. Explosions may be part of the trial and error that goes into space innovation. But when something this big explodes in the sky, sending debris far and wide, it raises a question. As we explore whether other planets can support human life, is it worth potentially harming the environment here on this planet? CNBC reports that debris and particulate matter has spread far beyond what SpaceX predicted in the papers it filed to get a launch license. 
People as far away as Port Isabel and South Padre Island, both miles away from the launch pad, say sandy debris has been raining down on their communities. People on the ground say the explosion shattered windows and coated buildings and land with dust. Environmental engineers say they're worried about the respiratory health of people living in this area. And they say the debris is putting endangered wildcats and sea turtles at risk. SpaceX did not respond to CNBC's questions for the story. For now, the FAA is grounding Musk's Starship program while it investigates the explosion. And local wildlife biologists and environmental scientists are assessing the damage. Finally, a story where I'm going to need you to listen carefully. I'm going to play two songs from two generations and see if you think they are similar or different. First, here's Ed Sheeran's Thinking Out Loud. Darling, I will be loving you Okay, let's fade that one out and hear a little bit of Marvin Gaye's Let's Get It On. The question of how close these songs are to each other is the focus of a major copyright infringement trial underway this week in a New York federal court. The heirs of Ed Townsend, the co-writer of Let's Get It On, are suing Ed Sheeran. They say he stole the heart of the song, or more technically, the harmonic progressions and the melodic and rhythmic elements. Songwriter Charlie Harding is the co-host of Switched on Pop, a vulture music podcast. He talked to us about the case. Typically, you can only copyright a melody or a lyric or a fundamental idea of a song, but usually a chord progression or a vibe or a feel you can't copyright. Sheeran testified in court yesterday, saying that most pop songs share common elements that have been around in music for centuries. Harding said Sheeran has stuck to that message. Ed Sheeran's team is ostensibly arguing that you can't copyright the building blocks of music. The chords and thinking out loud are so fundamental to all of popular music that for anybody to own them would deeply hinder the arts and creative practices of all musicians everywhere. But Townsend's family takes a different view. They say Sheeran exploited the older song, that it's another example of appropriation of Black artists' work. Marvin Gaye music has been in court before. In 2015, a jury found that Robin Thicke and Pharrell Williams infringed on copyright of Gaye's song Got to Give It Up when they made the song Blurred Lines. Gaye's family was awarded millions in damages. These kinds of copyright lawsuits with accusations of song stealing are pretty common, but they often settle before trial. This isn't even Sheeran's first copyright suit. He settled one out of court, and last year he won a case in the UK over his 2017 hit, Shape of You. You can find all these stories and more in the Apple News app. And if you're already listening in the News app right now, stick around. Next up is a narrated article about an invasion of wild pigs. Hungry hawks are rampaging across most of Texas, causing hundreds of millions of dollars in damage every year. Texas Monthly looks at various attempts to control the pig population, from traps to hunts to contraceptives. So sit back, enjoy listening to that, and I'll be back with the news tomorrow. Tomorrow. 